everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Parasol Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando on Warren episode 348. Yeah. And this is a themed episode. That's right. And uh, you're kind of wondering, like, what do we talk about in the summer? Well, we need to talk about the fact that you do not have to have a summer slowdown in the summer. Yeah. Summer slowdown is one of those things that it's tough because, um, I mean, we've argued in the past about it and I, I, it's legitimate. I don't want anybody to feel, and, and I, you may say that it's not completely, and there's things you can do to kind of avoid it. But the reality is in, in retail and sales in general, like there are going to be just like anything, there's, there's peaks and valleys, right? There's going to be times when things to slow down and there's going to be times when things are great. Uh, and over a year, you kind of got to compare year over year. So yeah, the summer compared to Q4 is going to look very different. Uh, but there are things you can do in the summer to make sure that you're not slowing down so much that that you're toast, you're done, you can't make it, you, you're not going to survive as a reseller. So today we're going to be talking about ways that you can kind of adjust what you're doing in order to have a uh, not so much of a summer slowdown, but still do well in the summer. And it's been interesting because every year there's always the YouTube videos that come out you know, it's summer slowdown or people on social media are talking about so summer slowdown. And, and, uh, you know, I, and I appreciate it. Mike, Mike does w- want to make sure he empathizes with everyone. Like, Hey, you know, things do slow down. Uh, the reality is it does right. Retail slows down. Uh, cause people are just, you know, they're not buying like, cause it's summer and then Q4 ramps up and people are buying again. Uh, but my experience since going full time is, I've never had a summer slowdown. No, that's nonsense. No. I, I think it's so funny because you have every. I, I have. Every time I, it say started that. slow, and then it picked up. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, it's like June, like first weeks of June are rough, and then things take off. I, one of my favorite comments that people put in comments is oh, like no. in one episode get roasted where here. someone says something like Orlando, there's no such thing as summer slowdown, and then the next <laughs> thing is like Orlando, sales are super slow right now, <laughs> and it's so true. Like yeah, yeah, no, no. Somebody, somebody commented. Okay, you're right. You're right. Like somebody recently commented like Orlando blocks buyer for being a low baller. Orlando also goes to garage sales and low balls everyone. Yeah. So yeah, I understand. I understand. But I've always found a way. Yeah. Like, I, think, well, I think semantics are, are important here. Like I think in order to like kind of make this like clear, I think what Orlando is trying to say is that he can make as much money in the summer as he does in other months if he changes certain things. But the actual like amount of work that goes into it and things you have to do. And like it, it, it all changes. Like if you do everything the exact same as you do all year long, the summer is going to be slower. Okay. It will right. be. I'll concede to that one. So, but this is what I want to start with is you need to look at your frame of reference. Like how are you approaching summer? Right. There is this mindset that you can have that, Oh, everything's slowing down. I might as well not do anything else. Right. It doesn't matter how many items I list. It doesn't matter you know, how much I source. It doesn't matter if I do anything. Like I'm just not going to get the sales. Right. And then you can get caught in this trap. You, you go to eBay forum. All you have to do is go to eBay forum and hear from all the people that are leaving eBay and hate eBay and eBay is the worst thing in the world. And you will find your tribe and you will bask in the tribe of negative uh, attitudes. But the reality is, is you, you can only control what you can control. And so things might be slow, 
but that doesn't mean it has to be slow for you. So for example, right now, it's kind of interesting. Um, I have a friend of mine who does a, um, what do you, when you sell houses, what do you, call uh, <laughs> realtor, real estate, realtor. he does real estate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's been saying four months that real estate is hot. Like everything in the news is saying it's down. Everybody's saying it's down, but here in San Diego, it's not down. Like the supply is low. Prices are still staying steady and, and people are selling their homes. Now, now it's not like it used to be, but he's making it happen. So instead of selling maybe, you know, uh, two houses a week, he's selling five. Right. And so, like you said, right, maybe I, I'm, I've adjusted uh, and I'm making the same amount, but I'm just maybe having to work harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. But going back to the, what you started with, the uh, the mindset of it. And, and there really is. Imagine you woke up in the morning. Most people don't want to crawl out of bed in the morning, right? You wake up in the morning. It's a Saturday morning. You're going to go to do garage you? sales. Do you want to crawl out of bed in the morning? No, but I, I force myself to do it because okay. that's what you do when you're a hustler. Okay. Um, so you wake up in the morning and if you're like, oh, garage sales are going to be terrible today. There's not going to be any good garage. I'm not going to find anything at garage sales. Versus you wake up in the morning and you're like, I am going to hit up every garage sale I'm going to go to. I'm going to find every single thing I'm going to. It's going to be a good day. Those are two different mindsets. And the way that works out is I don't think you manifest anything, but I think that if you go into it with an attitude of garage sales are going to be terrible today, I don't even know why I'm going to garage sales. Then when you see that garage sale sign on the road pointed and it wasn't on your route, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to stop over there. And when you're looking up the night before garage sales and you're trying to find them, you're going to be like, oh, there's only a few. You're not like doing the work that it takes to find every single one you can find. When you go to a garage sale, you look around, you're like, oh, this is just junk. And you get in your car and you leave instead of like, oh, what's in the bottom of this box? So the mindset changes. The, the, what was in the bottom of the box at that garage sale on the corner that you would have drove past never changed. The way your mindset changes it is, are you in the hunt of like, I'm going to go and I'm going to look and I'm going to see what I'm going to get. And I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully have a great day versus oh, today sucks. And if you have that mindset with anything, right? If you have that mindset with, with eBay, eBay is going to suck this summer. I'm not going to do well this summer. Then it's going to change of, well, I guess I don't need to list as much. And well, of course I'm not. And so you're not going to work as hard because of just where your mind is at. So not that your mind is going to like be able to say like, I'm going to get more sales because I'm more optimistic. But if you're optimistic, you're going to be hustling harder, which is going to naturally translate to more sales. Agreed. Agreed. And so that, that leads to the second thing I want to discuss is the idea that things slow down, but it could be because you slow down. Right. A lot of people don't don't think about that. Like They go on vacation or they don't list and they're like, wow, why aren't the sales happening? Well, it's because you may not be working as hard. Right. And and I find that to be the case with myself in the summer. You know, I, I get very caught up in the fact that, you know, my kids are out of school. Hey, let's go. Let's go Disneyland. Let's go SeaWorld. Let's let's go, you know, visit the Grand Canyon, whatever it is. And so if I was home during that time, I would have been listening. I would have been sourcing. I've been doing all these things. And so it's natural that the algorithm isn't going to keep pushing my items because I there's no activity happening. Right. And I think a lot of people. They, they don't really look at that. They just expect things to keep going. And even if they're on vacation and you also slow down in the sense that even you may not be traveling, there's a lot more things to go to, right? You might go to, I don't know, 4th of July, you know, fireworks. You may go, you know, your church is having a beach day or whatever it is, right? You're not doing all the normal things you'd be doing, right? You, you'll do all that during Q4, Right. Because everybody's in the zone. Right. You'll do that uh, right after Q4 because things on eBay sell really well in Q1. And so just be aware that things may be slow because you're not 
you know, moving as fast. Yeah. You yourself have slowed down. Yeah. And, and that's, there's definitely some, uh, you have to make that decision for your business, right? If you're a full-time seller and you know, if you've got your budget down and you're like, Hey, I can make enough during Q4 that I don't have to work harder during the summer because I kind of have a, a annual budget as opposed to like a week to week budget. I need to make X amount this week. Um, then you maybe you don't have to change so much what you do over the summer. Um, but for some people, if you're kind of a part-time seller and you're like, look, I'm going to have to work, maybe, maybe I'm going to have to work 50% harder to make the same amount. Cause we always use a number like I have to work twice as hard. Maybe yeah. it's not that much. Maybe you have to work 20% harder to make the same amount, whatever it is. Um, there, there definitely is a correlation between like the summer time, just that period of time and how much people are buying. People spend less money during that time frame. So you might say it's not worth the 20% more for me. I will take the, 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 the loss in my sales and I'm going to be okay with that this summer um, because I'm going to do these other things. So if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to take time away and say like, okay, I'm going to put a little bit less effort into it. Maybe it is the summer is the right time to do that because that's just the, the cycle of things for you anyways. And don't do that during Q4, right? Like during Q4, I'm not going to take the time, but during the summer, I'm going to take a little bit more. I'm going to ease off. So like the time to ease off isn't Q4. If you are going to ease off, maybe for you, it is the summer. But if you want to keep those same numbers you've had year round, you're going to have to ramp up in the summer and don't slow down. And it's a lot of things too. It's not just, it's not just events. That's definitely part of it. But I'll never forget, I worked um, when I was in high school, I was like working in like the cafeteria kind of, I don't know, it wasn't really a cafeteria, but like the guy who would come in and like the vendor who would give out food and I would help him clean up and then I would get free lunch for doing that. And he uh, he made a comment because he was a vendor. And so it wasn't like he just got paid by the school. Kids came and bought from him and he made money based off of how many things. So he had to figure out like how many pizzas am I going to buy? How many of these am I going to buy? And he'd sell them and he'd make money. So I learned a little bit about like finances from him just with, I need to stock this much. I need to do that. It was almost like working in a store. And one of the things he made a comment was, he's like, yeah, as, as the weather warms up, people eat less. Mm. And he goes, people aren't spending as much money on food because it's hot and they're just not as hungry. They'd rather drink water. The other, like, whereas in this, he's all in wintertime, people eat more. And I, I think there's, there's probably some truth to that. I mean, he's experienced that as a seller of food. Um, but I think the same thing is true with like a lot of things. Like if, if, if you're, if the temperature outside affects how much you want to put into your body, as far as food goes, I'm sure the temperature outside also affects, do you really want to be out in your garage digging yeah, through boxes true. when it's hot out versus, Hey, it's a nice cool day. I'm going to go out there and get some work done. So that's one of the reasons why there's a slowdown too, as far as your speed is because you're slowing down because it's just hot. You want to just relax. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And that's so true <laughs> because yeah, we're in San Diego and it's nice year round, year but round, yeah. like I would say June, July, it's really nice, right? Cause in August it starts getting hot and stuff. And so, yeah, that definitely plays a role. And so you got to realize like, how is that going to affect you and how is it going to affect how you run your business, you know, it might be really humid if you're like in parts of the South and you may not work as much because yeah. you can't stand the humidity and, and you don't want to crank that AC and stuff. So anyways, yeah, I definitely want to encourage you all to realize though, that there are a lot of people that are truly successful in the summer and, and, and you see it all the time. And this applies year round, right? How many times do people say, man, things are really slow. My eBay business is terrible. And then somebody else is like, I had the best month ever, or I had the best week ever. Uh, and, and so I encourage you that that opportunity is there for you. And you just never know. Like, I, I'm a big believer that if you're consistent, opportunities will come. And that's happened to me. I mean, my first, you know, summer full time, Toys R Us closed down. And 
That was a, that was a crazy summer. Okay, uh, another summer was the summer of you know the situation that we had that people couldn't leave their homes, and I made a killing on that one. All I did is sell hair clippers the entire summer uh, and some Legos and stuff that people didn't want to go out and buy. Another summer, an office depot near my uh, house and in California, they were all shutting down. And so I sourced a bunch of office depots and I made a killing that summer. Last summer, had a friend uh, who uh, their kids, uh, it was in the homeschool co-op that I teach, and they reached out to me and said, hey, we have uh, one of our family members has a bunch of stuff. They're trying to figure out what to do. And it was an incredible haul. And I ended up, you know, making a killing on a bunch of stuff that same summer. Remember that uh, free Nintendo stuff that I got on Craigslist? Yep. Uh-huh. I was consistently on Craigslist every day and I found somebody that was giving away a bunch of vintage video games and I made, uh, I think I made like two or three K from that haul. So be, be consistent, realize that, you know, just because you you think things are slowing down, I encourage you to keep motivated, keep going, keep, you know, you never know. I, the one thing I've learned in reselling is that opportunities are always around the corner, right? You might pick up something you may like right now I'll talk about my hustle a week later on, but uh, you might pick up uh, something that you sold and you think you sold it for a lot less than it was worth. And you're like, oh, no, I lost, you know, thousands of dollars, whatever, maybe hundreds of dollars. But guess what? You're going to have the opportunity again. I can't tell you how many times I lost out on a deal, how many times I wasn't able to pick something up. Uh, and I was like, man, I lost so much money. And then the next day. I find something that's just as valuable or even more so. So I encourage you just because everybody in the YouTube space and the EB forums and social media is saying that summer is everybody does terrible in the summer. There's a summer slowdown. That's not true for everyone. It is in general true, but that doesn't have to be the scenario for you or for me or for Mike or for anyone that's listening to this podcast. Hey, before I move on, though, a great thing you could do in the summer if you haven't yet is uh, you can start organizing uh, your reselling and you can do that with My Reseller Genie. Uh, you can pull in all your eBay information from, you know, the fees that you're paying, the shipping that you're paying. You can track your inventory. You can see your profit losses uh, and you can do this all with My Reseller Genie. It's a I would say it's it's the greatest tool since, uh, you know, GoDaddy bookkeeping went away for resellers and especially because it's created by resellers. So yeah, if you haven't, you know, checked out my reseller genie yet, uh, go to our link below and use our code PureHustle, all in caps. You'll get 15% off the first month and it's definitely going to help you stay organized. That's good. All right. So if you are the kind of person you're like, all right, I, I don't want to experience a loss in my income over the summer. I need to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, Orlando already kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to adjust some things. You're going to have to put in the work. Don't give up. Don't have the bad mindset. We've talked about that. Uh, so just on a practical level now, what are the things you got to do? And one of those things is you just got to keep listing and you got to keep sourcing. Like those two things, like if, if you could just say like, what are the two most important things in reselling? It's source items that people want to buy and then list those items. Like if you're doing that consistently on a regular basis, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be successful. Um, the more you source, I mean, even if you have to consider the summertime as, Hey, I'm, I'm learning a new niche. I'm going to use this time. I'm going to, I might have to source differently. Um, you, you mentioned earlier being on, you know, Craigslist or being on Facebook marketplace a little bit more. So maybe this is the time to say like, Hey, I, my normal things that I'm selling, there has been a dip in overall volume of sales, uh, coming through. So I need to, I need to learn a new niche, maybe something that is selling now in the summer. 
maybe things that are available. Uh, I'm going to have to really find some sweet deals on offer up or uh, at some garage sales. I mean, that's one nice thing is summertime, at least in a lot of the country, like this is pretty much the only time spring and summer that they're going mm -hmm. to be doing garage sales. So this is your time where you want to be sourcing. You want to be out there getting those items that you can list. And then you've actually got to list those items. Um, eBay, you know, we've talked a lot about the algorithm on, on eBay and, and what we know and don't know about it. But one thing's for certain, uh, and, and part of it's just a numbers game, is the more things you're listing that people potentially want to buy, the more likely you're going to have those things sell. If you've got one thing listed and maybe you know, you're looking for that one buyer for it, but if you are able to get multiple things listed, the numbers game aspect of it is going to work in your favor where you're more likely to be able to connect to a buyer. And then also eBay is going to be happy that you've got that activity on the account. You're, you're listing things. Specifically, that sell-through rate is going to be important. Is it stuff that's going to sell? Um, but if I can't tell you if, how many items, like when I went through and cleaned out my my storage unit, I mean, it's not that many, but there's a lot of things. It's like, okay, here's my death pile, which is things that I bought and I'm planning on listing still. And then there's like the other death pile, which is like, uh, I bought these things and I'm probably not going to list them. If you buy something and you never list it, you just all you did was take money and throw it in a trash can. Yeah, true. Until you list that item and 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 eventually it's got to sell for you to actualize that profit. But unless you list it, you're missing the key like middle step. It's like you source the item, you sell the item. And in between is that listing. And so many times, I mean, almost every reseller that we talk to has a death pile of some kind. And it's almost, you know, we get it. You know, it's, haha, I've got my death pile. But if you aren't listing the items, it's hurting you because that's you're losing money every day. You're losing storage space. Potentially, those items could be losing value. Uh, the as inflation goes up, like what it sells for, if if, if its price doesn't keep rising, you're losing money in that way, mm -hmm. and you're losing on the number game on eBay with the algorithm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, this other one is a lot of people struggle with this, and I'm not hearing the struggle as much anymore. Uh, but you know, you you source the item, you know the value. And you want to get a certain dollar for it. But like I, we've been saying for the last few months, I think this summer it's going to be very key that you run sales and coupons. I don't think they're going to be an option. I, I think if you want to keep those sales going and you want to keep that money moving, uh, you're going to have to. And so if, if you're brand new, you might be going, hey, I can't run sales because I don't have a store. I would work trying to get yourself in a place where it's viable. It's, it's a good option for you to get an eBay store. If you've never run a store and your sales are slow, uh, run that sale. Right. And and it may not have to be the deep discount like I've been doing 50 percent off the last couple months. Uh, but you got to do something to move that inventory because, again, you're, you want to set yourself in a place of success at the end of the summer, when you get to Q3 and you're prepping for Q4, because if you have capital, you can have a lot of stuff that you can buy and you can make great profit on. And so you definitely want to make sure that you're doing everything you can to push those sales, get that cash stacked and be able to move on. Yeah. And and part of that, along with sales and running, running coupons and things like that, is you need to be um, sending offers and accepting offers. Um, again, like you might not want to sell something for a low amount. Uh, or even like a like a decent amount, but I think if I held on to it, I can get mm -hmm. more. Um, eBay cares about your sell through rate, and there's a lot of things. There's a lot of uh, like you know tinfoil theories about what the eBay algorithm is and isn't. But one thing we know is eBay cares about sell through rate because eBay doesn't care if you've got a million dollars of items listed if you've never sold a dollar of it. They're not they're not seeing any of that profit unless you know it's listing fees or whatever. They, 
But for the most part, they want to see those items sell. And so they would rather you take an offer that's low because they don't they're not doing the work of saying like, well, I think they could make three hundred dollars on this if they waited another month. They're just saying, hey, you've got this item listed for for six months and it hasn't sold. Uh, what would be really nice is uh, this person got a hundred seventy five dollar offer. Take the offers that we make a little bit of money. And then the more you do that, the more likely eBay is going to say, hey, here's a store that's willing to move some stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're going to push your stuff up to the front, knowing that, hey, if they're willing to move stuff, then then let's give them the opportunity to move their stuff so we make our money because, you know, our uh, earnings report is coming in soon. You know, uh, the algorithm isn't thinking all that exactly. But that is the the key is they want to make that money. And so uh, anecdotally, we've all experienced you take a couple of offers, even if they're lower and sales start rolling in. So take those offers, send out offers, maybe a little bit lower than you're willing to, because it shows that, hey, I'm willing to wheel and deal. It's the same thing. You go to a garage sale. If you walked in up to a garage sale and you said, how much for that? And they give you a really high number and you offer them lower and they say no. And then you look at another thing and they give you a high number. What are you going to do? Eventually, you're just going to walk away from the garage yeah, sale. Yeah. But if they like work with you and they're like, all right, I'll give you this for this price, you're likely to stick around and buy some more things, right? Yeah. Because now this is a person I can work with. It's the same thing. eBay wants to see you're the type of seller that's going to wheel and deal with, with the, the clientele on there move some stuff and then they're going to ultimately profit if they're profiting if you're profiting they're profiting and so they're going to push you in that in that way so make sure you're taking offers and accepting offers and i can't tell you how many times i i now run like a mathematical equation like i'll see an item like i could sell it for 100 right and somebody offers me like 70 and i'm like oh i'm gonna lose that on 30 because i know it's worth 100 but then i go okay but if i accept this if usually other sales come through and I make up that 30, where if I deny that I decline the offer, I don't take that sale. I'm out that $70 plus any possible sales that might follow through as the algorithm kicks it in. Now I don't have any data that says that's how it works. It is very anecdotal, but I will tell you happens all the time. And I think many of you, uh, if you want to comment below, can also agree that this happens all the time where things were dead. You decided to take a lower offer and you're grateful because a bunch of sales randomly followed like like we're in the Matrix or something. <laughs> and and somehow the algorithm said, all right, now it's time to give uh, these individual sales. So definitely uh, take those offers. Now, if you're not selling internationally, you need to because summer slowdown it doesn't affect everybody. It's not summer everywhere. Right. And you know, I, I don't know how the seasons work like in different parts of the world, like in Australia or England or whatever, but I will say that people are always buying year round. Right. And so, you know, in the U S maybe there's a summer slowdown, but you know, as in the summer, maybe, uh, you know, people are looking for stuff for the winter. Like I, I will tell you, I sell a lot of winter gear, uh, to Australia and other locations uh, during uh, the summer because it's winter for them while it's warm for us. And so I encourage you, if you haven't yet, especially now with eBay international shipping, it's even easier uh, because now they have the program and I'm not sure how long it's going to be this way, uh, where if somebody returns something, it doesn't get back to you. eBay just refunds them and, and you're golden. Like it doesn't even affect you, which is, which is kind of wild that, you know, that eBay has that in the program, but it, it's like it's always been with GPS, uh, which is the global GPS, the GSP, the global shipping program, where if you haven't turned on international sales, I encourage you to do so, because all you have to do with eBay is you send it somewhere domestically. So if you're signed up under the eBay international program, something sells like, for example, I'm either shipping to somewhere in Illinois or I'm shipping to somewhere in California. And once it's there, I'm done. 
That's it. And maybe if you've only been selling domestically and things have slowed down, if you turn on that international shipping, that might make that bump that you need so you don't have that summer slowdown. That makes sense? That's good. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, another thing to encourage you to keep having sales is uh, jumping over to our Discord. And the way you can do that is go to patreon.com slash peers of podcast. Uh, you can sign up uh, to help us out for $5.55 a month. And the bonus that comes with that is uh, joining our Discord that's filled with experienced sellers. Uh, very motivating too, yeah. right? That's That's one of the key parts of the Discord that's so nice is you've got that community of people built in there that have experienced what you're experiencing, that have gone through you know, similar stuff and maybe even have more experience than you have. And we're a very positive group. Um, you know, we have our rants and rave section where we talk about, you know, just the the pitfalls of being a reseller and a chance for us to joke about the crazy buyers and all of the stuff that happens in the reselling world. But, you know, having a group like our discord where you've got a lot of people who are experienced resellers and new resellers all coming together saying, Hey, you know, what are your tips? And I'm trying to sell these things. And what kind of coupon should I run? And and you just get that advice. Because if it's just you and you're like, okay, well, what coupon should I run? Well, when you got a good group of people that you can say, has anybody experienced like what, what types of coupons do you run if you sell men's shoes? And then you get a story of someone, well, when I did this, this is what I got. And when I sell... And so our Discord is a great place for that. And yeah, those of you who support us on Patreon, you get the opportunity to have access to our Discord. It's kind of like a, a thank you for supporting us. And it's just a really cool community. So thank you all for doing that. Uh, and if you're like, hey, I want to support Pure Hustle Podcast, but I'm not really interested in joining a group or you know having to be involved in anything, we still appreciate all of you who support us through Patreon because that is what keeps us going. That's why we're able to buy the equipment that we buy, spend the time that we spend, you know, away from reselling, away from our family, away from the other things we can be doing. Uh, and it's because of our supporters that make it happen. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I want to share one of these comments, but I'll share it later. So <laughs> um, listen, uh, the Discord, I will tell you for me as somebody that, uh, and we keep pushing it, but I'm just, I want to encourage you guys, if if you're selling it on your own, right? Like me, I, I'm, I'm a single dad. I'm the only person outside of my kids I encounter all day. Going on Discord will help you, will encourage you, will keep you moving forward. Yeah, some sanity. Uh, yeah, because it's a very solitary process. So, hey, we're also PureSoul Podcast on all social media platforms or PureSoulCast on Twitter. If you want to give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. You can also shoot us an email at PureSoulPodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening to the podcast and you've never saw us on YouTube, jump on over to YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button, smash that like button, hit that bell notification. And as always, we're grateful for all the iTunes reviews. We're at over 700 and really appreciate them. Uh, if you haven't yet, jump on over, do that five-star review and uh, let people know why you love the podcast. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay too, because, you know, it. I guess it helps us because I, I want to share a negative one here. Oh. Couple, well, okay, let's go with some positive ones here uh, before we start. So it's not, it's, it's not, for, it's not about you though. That, that's what I like about it. So <laughs> are you saying there's a lot of negative ones about me? Uh, no, 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 I, I never would say that. There's a lot of negative about both of us. All right. The first one though is this, did I read this one already soon to be X player one, two, three? I think so. And then this one yes, about us yes. being okay. All right. So let's go to uh, uh, this one it's titled Mike is great. Oh, thank you. From Cardinal uh, Josh 88. So Maybe this is a, maybe they're uh, like a, a priest or something. Oh, okay. okay. Or a sports fan. <laughs> okay. They said, uh, the more I've listened, the less I enjoy Orlando. I, he doesn't really enunciate words, not to mention he's super shady in the way he sources. 
I take offense to that. I'm not shady. It's just business. People can sell things to me and they can choose not to. And so if people make a deal with me, that's not shady. Shady is when I am purposely deceiving people and that does not happen. So, all right. Anyway, just not very honest. Also, Orlando seems to interrupt or cut off Mike all the time. That's fair. I do that. That's fair. Uh, it gets annoying. I'm sorry. Mike, on the other hand, is why I keep listening. I'm so grateful for you, Mike. Hey, well, I'm, I'm grateful for, uh, for a Cardinal fan there. I feel he gives great insight into the reselling life. I appreciate the podcast has been helpful, but I can't seem to get past the sideways or way Orlando deals. Yeah. Well, well and fair enough. And I think Orlando and I have actually had conversations about like these, those topics in that sense. And, and the hard part is everybody's different. And, you know, I, I would, I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, negotiate always the same way that you do. But then also there've been a lot of times where I've looked back and I've thought, man, I didn't negotiate enough and I actually got a bad end of the deal. And so maybe there's a sweet spot and maybe that's one of the benefits of listening to our podcast in that sense too, is, um, you know, sometimes the truth is right in the middle, right? Like Orlando will definitely go a little lower than I will on certain things. And I've taken deals where later on, I'm like, man, I should have pushed a little harder. And so, yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily source exactly the way you do, but I think there's, I, I, I could be more like you than I am. And maybe the same way, like you wouldn't do things the way I do. And maybe there's times when if you were more like to learn from you. Right. So um, that's good. I think I think that's it's iron sharpening iron in that sense. Yeah. But I am I'm very business when it comes to my reselling. So some people are like, oh, it's a dollar. Just give them give them, you know, the two dollars, whatever. And and here's the thing. I don't go to garage sales for charity. Like I'm not out there giving money to people. And that's what people need to understand. Like I give to charity. I give to plenty of, you know, I, I attend a church, I give to ministries, like I give money, but I don't mix the two and I will give my money where I want to give my money. And so it, it, to me, and now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little, little triggered because listen, I don't, there's no need for me to mix charity with business. The, the fact that I'm able to give money is because I make money doing business. Right. And so that's just the way I see it. And that's the way it is. And hey, you can love me or hate me. Hope you love me more than you hate me. But, you know, either way, it's all good. I appreciate you tuning in and being real. It is funny. We mentioned, what was it the last podcast with the uh, the comment of Orlando um, lowballing an, uh, uh, a person when he's buying something? Also, Orlando, I hate when people lowball me, <laughs> blocked. I mean, you, you can't go both. I mean, it's true. So that's all right. Listen, I've been a school administrator and I've had all kinds of people say stuff. So it doesn't matter to me. Now, this other review is kind of interesting. I don't understand this one. This is from uh, Shea of All Trades said LA bins. The Los Angeles bins are right next to a Goodwill store as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so, probably because I mentioned the um, the bins in Waco being right next to ah, an actual okay, Goodwill okay, store. Okay, okay. And it being interesting thinking like, what? how does this work? Like the Goodwill prices were super high. The bin was closed. So I didn't get a chance to go in there. But what is like they're charging twenty dollars for this pair of shoes now, but then like next week it goes into the bins and it's what like twenty cents a pound or something. Like yeah, yeah. It, it seems a little odd that you would put a Goodwill store right next to it because if I'm looking for a deal, I'm just going to go to the bins. Uh, but if they do that in multiple places, then that must be they must have the uh, the the market data on that that it works for them. So that's fine. Oh, there you go. Well, appreciate the tips. Yeah. If you want to leave a review and drop just a tip in the review, that, that helps too. So right. thank you to all of you that listen to us. Really appreciate it. And, and again, we're all, you know, we all have different opinions, different backgrounds, uh, but ultimately we're all trying to just be better resellers. 
All right. So are we ready to talk about some major scores? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, yeah. I got to hit the button, right? Here, let me, while you do that, can you pass me that right there, your pen? I need to correct something for you here. Oh, correct something for me. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, here we go. On Hustlers. <laughs> and, oh, what happened? It cut out. That oh, was no. weird. Let's, let's, let's see if I could try it again. Every, every, everything just, uh, you know, became organic at this very moment. This is interesting. So here's the, if you're wondering what we're about to do. So if you're new, we do hustle of the week, which means that you can share with us something that you picked up at a garage sale, a church rummage sale, a thrift store, uh, maybe a local deal, and you're able to flip for great money. And you can use the hashtag hustle of the week on Instagram and can share with us there. You can DM us, you can shoot us an email, uh, whatever it takes, because uh, we want to share these and, and not all of them make it on the podcast. Uh, but we just want to make sure that, you know, you have the ability to share because we're all learning and we like to celebrate the wins on the podcast. You're going to have to rewrite that. I, I still can't read what, what you wrote right now. All right. <laughs> oh let's goodness. try this one more time. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So um, our first hustle of the week comes in from Dennis, IG handle at Cape Cod Resellers. With underscores in between the Cape and the Cod and the reseller. Okay. Uh, so I belong to a bunch of those free groups on Facebook. I make it a habit to check them often and have been able to get some good stuff. I checked it the other morning and saw a big collection of amateur radio equipment, ham radio. Nice. I've talked about those in the past. I told them that you, you would like this yeah. house of the week. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it, but it's free. So I messaged her and didn't think I would get a response back because there were a lot of people interested. She messaged me back right away and said, can you come this morning? I said, yes, hopped in my truck and drove right over. She was boxing up the stuff for me and was excited to get rid of it. Brought it home and looked up the stuff of the uh, some of the units and was shocked that they were going for hundreds of dollars. Some of the stuff I had to research on how to test, but everything was in working condition. I've enclosed two photos of the transceivers that sold this week. Uh, I also sold everything else, filters, testing modules, keys, ranging from fifty to seventy dollars. So one of the things that was sold was a Yasso or Yasu FT897 ham radio transceiver was used with a mic and manual for three hundred and fifty dollars plus shipping. Also sold a Kenwood TS590S HF something something 100 watt transceiver uh, for money as well. $750 Whoa, plus shit. $750. It's crazy. So over over $1,000 in profit from free. Holy cow. I mean, when you go from free to, to profit like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've mentioned ham radio quite a bit. I've, I've only sold a few things and haven't actually got into it. But it's one of those things where it's like, it seems like an interesting niche to be in. And it just goes to show that there's there's a market for anything. So that's super cool. And it goes to show being part of a, a free group that pays off too. So fantastic job, Dennis. Love it. Yeah. I, I When I saw that, I man, there's, there's so much out there. There's so much out there. All right. This comes from our Discord. This comes from Tim the Slim, who I think he's transitioning to full-time seller here. Yeah. From being a teacher. That's crazy. So it's wild. Just like us. Just like us. Uh, and, and they said, uh, I was super salty about pulling uh, this home to find it, a bunch of dead keys. And so they, they bought this Korg. Right. Yeah. And so uh, can you want to explain what a Korg is? So it's a Korg is a brand. Think like Yamaha or something like that. So Korg is a brand that makes uh, synthesizers, uh, piano, keyboards, like keyboards, those things. Okay. And got it for only 20 bucks at a garage sale. So not a big hit. And I always say this, keep your costs low. This is why I keep my costs low. Uh, but I was hoping for the moon. 
but basically, uh, he said that he was lazy listening on the spot without a clean white background. And actually, the picture on Discord is kind of funny. It's just like he just like brought it in and just took pictures of it, which I do sometimes. Yeah, but I do go. use Photo Room, which removes the background, so it makes it look cleaner. Uh, did a quick video to show the functionality. Took an offer of three hundred dollars plus ship within twenty four hours. These usually go for one to one point five k working, uh, but the buyer uh, obviously was a tech that was going to restore it and was able to make some good cash and pass on the project. So nice. 20 bucks to $300 and you didn't take a lot of time listing. That's how you do it, Tim. Yeah. I mean, that's the key there is, I mean, I have a Korg right now that I need to, to list and I know there's, I think there's something wrong with it and I, I can make more. I could spend the time fixing it, but sometimes it's just not worth it. Sometimes it's worth selling something for parts, selling it for cheaper, knowing that it's off your plate, the hassle of somebody else's and you still profit. So uh, that's definitely a way to do it. Great hustle, Tim. All right. Our next one comes from, um, Iwo Moss, IW Mass 17776. No, it's 1776. Oh, I gotcha. put too many sevens. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so anyway, somebody from our Discord. Uh, this was the first Hustle of the Week submission, but I thought it too odd not to share. Went to a church uh, garage sale a couple of weeks ago, and despite there not being a lot of stuff to choose from, I found this George Foreman grill that was complete without the box and visibly never been used. There were asking $5 and given that new George Foreman movie coming out soon. Did nice. you know a new movie was coming out? I didn't out? know that. I did not know I that. I figured either. I'd take a chance on it. Listed a couple of nights ago and sold last night for full asking price. Uh, so it was a George Foreman Evolve 5 serving model um, muffin tin grill for $100 plus shipping. Love it. From $5 to $100. I, I pass on a lot of George Foremans in my day, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, that might be... We might be killing the market there. That's a that's a good one. That is good. But that the muffin tin, like I've never heard of that. Like that was my go-to in college, the George Foreman grill. Yeah, cook some you chicken know? breast on that. No. It's wonderful. Michael Scott cooked his foot, you know. <laughs> remember that episode? I don't. You don't remember that one where he's like injured and he's like in a wheelchair and it's like, what happened, Michael? He's like, Well, I wanted to wake up to the smell of bacon in the morning. And so I put it on the George Foreman grill to cook at night. And then in the morning when I woke up, like I, the alarm went off and I tried to kick the alarm and I put my foot in the George Foreman grill. Nice. Classic. Classic. All right. <laughs> hey, thank you everyone. Uh, thank you, Tim. Thank you, uh, Dennis. And uh, thank you, LW Mass 1776 from the Discord for your hustle of the week. All right. What's yours? Uh, so I mentioned a few several podcasts ago that um, some people when I moved um, off my in-laws property, they knew I was a reseller. And so they were like, Hey, I've got these horse corrals for you. Oh, I remember, and I remember that story. So we got the horse corrals and um, haven't really done much with them, but with the move coming up, I was like, man, I've got to just get these things listed. I got to get them out of here. And I think that in fact, one, somebody on our discord, I need to look back and, and, and give them a shout out. They mentioned like some prices and told me I'd do well with it. And they kind of gave me some, some feedback and I, uh, I, I kind of just listed them for a little bit lower than I probably could have got from them. Uh, I'd sold a 10 total, like, um, whatever they're called pieces of this horse horse corral, uh, for $50 a piece. So $500 for the, the thing. So from That's free crazy. to $500, not a bad deal. That is nice. I potentially could have got, I would imagine as much as 70, maybe $75 for them had I waited for the right buyer. Yeah. But being on a time frame, it's like, okay, what's an extra $250 and maybe they don't sell. And then I'm stuck just leaving these here. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the 500. Else. I'm going to take the 500 and go. No, nah, you gotta, you gotta move stuff. That's so right. how many, how many weeks do we have here? To, to well, I don't know clear? when, based off of when this is dropping exactly where okay. we're at, but it's uh it's soon. It's at the middle of June. I'm out. 
All right. So, yeah. So stay tuned. And by the way, if you're wondering, the quality will stay the same of the podcast. Due to all of you that support us on Patreon, we've been able to buy some great equipment. And so uh, thank you for your support. Yeah. All right. So mine comes with a story. Okay. So if you caught our last update episode, I, I got this incredible haul of Doug decoys and lanterns and taxidermy and all this stuff. And I'm always a fan of whenever you you make a big haul, you should be able to make your money back within a few moves, right? So it's like two or three items. Uh, this time it was one item. Now here's the struggle. So I knew that I, I had picked up some valuable lanterns, but I didn't think they were that valuable. I thought maybe they're like, you know, 50 to hundred a piece, not that big deal. So I paid 500 for about 50 to 60 Doug decoys, a few lanterns, I think like four or five, some taxidermy. Some taxidermy. Okay. So 500 bucks. So I listed a lantern and I did my research. So here's the thing. This was a, uh, I'm going to pull it up. It was a, I think it's, I want to say Adam West, but I, that sounds like Batman when I say Adam West. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was Adams and Westlake uh, Company Railroad Lantern and with the red globe, like the little red globe inside. And it embossed, it said Santa Fe. And I did my research and I saw that, you know, these lanterns, the prices were all over the place. and. I seen the ones that had the red glows, but I I didn't see any that had like Santa Fe embossed in it. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm running my 50% off sale. So I'll list it for a thousand and it'll be at 50% and I'll just let the market tell me. That's not really letting the market tell you though. Auction will be letting the market tell you. I know. I know. Listen, you're just gonna we've had this conversation before the podcast the dagger's just going deep but here's here but but it it comes full circle and 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 i feel better about things i think and so i listed it probably like at midnight and i woke up and i had four or five offers on this thing and i paid about twelve dollars when you average everything maybe less i think maybe it was like a little bit under ten dollars i paid for this if you average out everything i bought Okay, so I had a bunch of offers. I had one for $290, I had one for $350, I had one for $375. And then I had somebody message me and somebody had said, Hello, I just made you a very fair offer for your lantern. Considering it, it it's been modified, uh, it's been electrified. I'm mostly interested in the globe. As long as there's no cracks in the glass, I'm interested. Also, I would appreciate discussing the correct way to pack it and ship the lantern so globe is safe and not subject to damage. Appreciate your consideration. I was a little put off by the hey, let me talk to you about how to ship this. Like I just like uh, don't be put off on that though, because I mean, again, like that's you got to put yourself in the buyer's position. If you were, if someone's like, hey, I've got these items I'd like for you to to sell, I'm gonna put them out in the front yard, and you might say like, oh, well, don't put it in the sun. If the sun, like the sun, will literally like damage that unit, and make it where it's not, I can't sell it anymore. So you, yes, you're a reseller, you know what you're doing, but also. If he's got a specific thing, it's like it's the globe that has to make it. And like, you can't be upset. with No, that. I know. I know. So I saw that message and I'm like, all right, he's saying he made a very fair offer. He could be, you know, kind of playing word games or maybe it was a very fair offer. And so I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm just I was just like, I got so many offer. I'm just going to wait for somebody to pay full price. Well, at the same time. Uh, Mike called me up and we were talking about the podcast and trying to schedule things. And in the middle of our conversation, it's sold for the full $500. And I was like, oh, no, because I remember I was think contemplating pulling the listing and, and then just doing some further research. So 
it's sold. Now I have the dilemma. I have the moral dilemma of, do I cancel this sale? Cause maybe it's worth a lot more. I uh, do, I cancel it and put it on auction. Right. And then on auction, I could maybe get a lot more. Uh, you know, and what happens if this person gets upset and, and, you know, I get in trouble with eBay and, and all this stuff. And also remember you were just accused in this, uh, this podcast of being shady. I, I know, so I know. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. My moral dilemma. I don't think it's shady to, you know, back out of a deal, but it it's as a person of integrity, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, let your nays be yays and, and nays be not, let your yays be nays. Let your yays be yays and your nays be nays, right? You got to be yes a person of knows. Yes is a yeah, no. Yes is a no. Sorry, I'm going my old King James version of the Bible. <laughs> Sorry. Orlando's King James is coming out. Hey. Uh, no, it's not Orlando. <laughs> so anyways, so I, I made my piece and I'm like, you know what? The, the right thing to do is this was a contract. I should have done more research. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to pack it and ship it, right? And so I, I I went around that for like an hour and then an hour passed. And then a buddy of mine that I had mentioned this to, he did some research and then he found that some lantern two years ago uh, sold for $46,200. And I was like, okay, now, now the, the dilemma continues because on this one, it says a uh, union Pacific talk has blue globe lantern sold for $46,200. In an auction, uh, March 20th, this is back in 2021. Uh, and it's just somebody that, you know, uh, collected things. Uh, it's the highest auction recorded for any railroad, railroad let me announce, uh, enunciate that, railroad lantern uh, to date. The auction house wrote that the lantern is thought to be the only example in this color with the Union Pacific lettering embossed around the globe in this specific style. So I was like, oh, no. And then, then, then there's another line that says eight lanterns each brought more than $10,000 in the sale. So I read this and I'm like, okay, what, what do I do now? What do I do now? So then I researched some more and I was able to find the exact same one, a little bit different, uh, that sold for $1,700. So I'm like, all right, Maybe I gave up a thousand dollars because I should have researched a little bit more. But I've I've been a I, I'm always a big proponent that you can only research so much. And again, reselling is a knowledge game, right? This is where people misinterpret the fact that you know you buy things so low and you sell it for so high. Well, that happens all the time, right? The person that I bought this lantern from, right? They they had knowledge of some of the items, but not all of the items. I have knowledge of some of the items that I picked up, but not all of the items. The person that's buying this lantern from me obviously had far more knowledge than I did about it. And so I looked it up and I was able to find the exact same lantern. So I'm like, all right, so this isn't like the only one in the world kind of scenario. There's probably others out there. And then I had a conversation with Mike, which I kind of landed with this conclusion. And what, what did you share with me? I mean, you received a bunch of offers on it, and I won't say lowball offers because I think they're fair. So you're you're essentially selling it for five hundred, and you had some offers come in for like three hundred, four hundred. You know those mm -hmm. types of offers coming in. My thought process is these are obviously collectors. These are it's probably not resellers in this niche. Maybe a collector reseller, but these are collectors who've got saved searches. And if you're a diehard collector for something like this, and you see something that's clearly worth thousands of dollars, tens of that, whatever, you know, whatever skyrocketed number you can think of. If they see that, they're not going to say, Hey, this person is selling it for 500. I'm going to take the risk here and I'm going to offer them 300. 
I mean, maybe you do that at garage sale. It's something you would do at a garage sale. It's just you and them. But when you're on a global scale and somebody else can scoop in and buy this. And I told Orlando, same thing. Like if you're, even if you're a reseller, if you're a reseller and you think you might be able to make $300 profit, you buy this for 500, maybe I could sell it for 800. Um, that might be the place you're like, uh, 300, but then it's work. And what if it gets damaged and then I've got to ship it. If I can get them down to 400 and I can make 400, that's, I'm happier with that. So mm-hmm. you make that offer. Now, if you knew you could make $1,000 profit off of it, 5,000, those types of numbers, you're not worried about that $100 at that point. Mm-hmm. You're buying it right away. Yeah. And I, and again, that I go through that all the time when I'm sourcing, right? I'll find something that's 20 bucks and I could maybe flip it for several hundred dollars. Chances are I may not haggle at all. I might just buy it right there because I'm not going to risk. And I've, I, as stupid me has risked it before where for five, 10 bucks, I kind of was like, ah, I don't know. And then the person's like, you know, I think I'm going to keep this. Right. And then I lose that deal. So you're right. No one's, no one's going to risk. And, and maybe I'm just saying this so I feel better, but uh, no one's going to risk, you know, spending an extra $200 if they know they're going to be able to make several thousand off of it. So let us know in the comments. I'm interested. And here's, here's a, the final conclusion. This is what I decided to do because I am a man of integrity. <laughs> I, I messaged them. I did have to have one last like go at it to maybe cancel it. And so uh, I said, hey, thank you for your purchase. Just wanted to confirm that you're okay, that there was an attempted modification to electrify it, which is true. See picture and the cord is cut. Also, I may have severely undervalued this. So if you ever resell for a crazy amount, please remember me, LOL. <laughs> if the above issue poses a problem, please let me know. I appreciate your business, Orlando. You kind of did both ends on that. So it's like the first half of it was like you trying to say, maybe you don't really want this. And then the second half was uh, you might've got a crazy good deal. No one's backing out of that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, but, that, but I'm going to ship it out. So, it, you know, it is what it is. Like, see, I, I'm, I think what I would do in a situation like that, just for my own sanity, I don't want to know unless I'm getting in the, in the market of selling a lot of lanterns. And I need to learn more about them. If I sold it, it's done. I mean, it's kind of like when we bought our house just as recently. My wife has spent the last, you know, every morning on on looking at house prices and looking at houses. We bought a house and it's like, we've got to stop now because maybe house prices drop. Maybe we find a better house mm-hmm. and you can kill yourself thinking, you know, in your mind, just constantly going over the, oh, what if, what if, and oh, I should have waited. And sometimes it's better just to let it go and never think about it again. Because if that did sell for, imagine that sold for 46,000, you'd be, you'd be, it would be devastating. I would just rather not know. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to sell for that much. One, because it's been modified. Uh, two, because I've been able to find a similar one. Right. So I don't think it's going to be that kind of money. And again, it's the red globes of, you know, this company there, you know, you can find them. Right. So I don't know. And and again, again, we go back to the fact that if if it was really worth that much, somebody would just quickly bought it and it would have been over. So anyways, that was my hustle of the week. Nice. <laughs> uh, you know, turning uh whatever less than 10 bucks into $500 and it had paid for my entire haul. And so now it's time to sell more lanterns and more Doug decoys here. That's so good. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, if you want to find even better deals and uh, you can go over to whatnot, uh, if you can use our link below, you get a free $15 that you can use on whatnot. It doesn't have to be any auction that we do. It could be anybody's auction. Uh, and you can find an item that maybe you want to resell. Maybe you need a new pair of shoes. Maybe there's a vintage toy, but you can get that great discount. So use that discount below to get that free $15. All right. Now let's talk about the last part here about what you should be doing in the summer. Let's say things do slow down, right? That doesn't mean you have to slow down 
And the first part is it's a great time to organize, right? Do you, do you, how do you feel after you organize your stuff? Yeah, no, I definitely feel better. One of the things I've talked about in the past, and it's so true, you know, uh, the way I kind of heard it is, you know, you've either got order or chaos in a lot of situations. And if you, if you've got a stack of, of bills and papers and a to-do list and it's all over your desk, you, the, you have a level of anxiety over your head that you don't even always realize mm. that you have. And you sit down and you, you really don't want to go through that. And it's on your list. And we've talked even about the like, eat the frog first thing in the morning. And if you get through that list and you get through the bills and you get through all that and you have a clean desk and you sit down, that's one of the things I always do like before I leave school for the day is my desk is perfectly clean. So when I walk in the next day, nice. I don't have, I'm not walking in going, oh, I've got this left to do and this left. Because it's hard to start a new day when you've got a bunch of stuff still hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. Even even something as simple as another practical tip. If you've got like a lot of things coming up that you've got to do and reselling, I don't know what I've got this coming up, this coming up, but I also have this trip and I also need to list these things. If you just like list out, these are the five things I need to do. These two things are the most important. I'm going to do this one on Wednesday and this one on, on Saturday. Then you can go to sleep just fine. And that stuff's not over your head because you've already like categorized it. So yeah, when you're when you're going through your inventory and you're making sure your inventory looks good, you're reorganizing things, maybe you're adjusting prices on stuff, you're just going to have a much better time with reselling in general. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely think that that's valuable. Yeah. And again, it, it's definitely the time to take a look at, you know, what are you missing? What do you need? Uh, because in Q4, that's not the time that you want to start looking for boxes but, oh, no, I don't have enough of this box. I don't have enough of this. Uh, and if you're wondering what I'm talking about, you know, USPS, you can get a bunch of uh, free boxes if you ship priority. So it's the best time to put in that order. So then when Q3, Q4 comes around, you already have those and you already know how to organize them. So you can be efficient when you pack and ship. And also you want to make sure that you're losing time now when things are slow and not during Q4. Uh, because, again, I can't tell you how many times this happened. Actually, last week I had something listed. I did not have a custom SKU label and I spent 45 minutes looking for it. Now, luckily I found the pair of shoes. You know, the sad thing is about it. The person went and then they got it. It didn't fit and they returned it. Mm. Right. So not only did I lose that waste of time, (laughs) but I lost the time. But in Q4, when things are moving, you don't, you don't want to do that. So if there's ever a time for you to get organized, it's during Q4. You mean during the summer? Yeah. No, sorry. (laughs) During During the the summer. summer. Yeah, that's true. And it kind of goes to this idea of, I was told one time, you, I don't even remember where I heard it from, but I've heard it various ways throughout my life. If you pretty much do anything for 40 hours a week, you could probably make a living doing it. And a lot of times we, we kind of just think that when it comes to reselling, it's just the like making profit on an item that I sold, packing it and shipping it. But there's a whole other element of reselling it. And part of that is, you know, even something like you've got summer slowdown, maybe you're not selling as many items. Um, so you use that time to source or to to get taxes prepared or all of those things. It's also a good time, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's a good time to maybe learn a new niche. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm not spending as much. I'm, I used to spend an hour and a half every day packing. Now I only spend 30 minutes because mm-hmm. sales are slower. I've got an extra hour. Well, human tendency is to do nothing with that extra hour that you have that's actually productive towards your business. And you think, well, I'm just, I, I spend less time reselling now in the summer, I guess. But if you were to take that hour every day that you would have spent packing and then you use that to learn a new niche, research something, find a new contact that you can do some sourcing from, um, it's going to pay off in the long run. And I think long run is the key here in the sense that 
um, another piece of advice that I got that I, I, I just, I love it so much is you get paid today for the work you did five years ago in the sense that, and, and I'm seeing that come true mm-hmm. with like reselling in a lot of ways. I've been reselling now going on like five years, it's been five years and I'm just now starting to like, I can go to, I'm not just now, but I can go to a garage sale and I don't have to spend nearly as much time there. I'm picking up better items. And that's because I spent, when I first started reselling, I picked up every item and I researched every item. Now I don't have to do that. And my I'm way more profitable per hour than I used to be because I put in a lot of research in the beginning. So if you spend, let's say this summer, you spend 40 hours on, on, you know, Facebook marketplace and you're like, oh, there seems to be a lot of these. Selling. Okay. Well, how much do they sell for? Um, oh, these are the ones that sell for the most, or you're on forums and you're learning about a new hobby, hammer radio, like we talked about. You learn about a couple niches like that. You do that every summer for a few years. Next thing you know, you're like, man, I've got like six new niches that yeah. I can just crush it in. And now I can go and, and to a garage sale, to a thrift store, on Facebook Marketplace, and I'm spending half the amount of time I used to spend, and I'm making twice as much because I put in that time then. So the knowledge, you might not actualize the money today of, hey, I spent five hours this week researching stuff, and I didn't see a single penny more in profit. But over the course of your lifetime of reselling, that five hours that week could amount to thousands of dollars. Yeah, You're going to get paid later for that research you're doing now. So use that summertime. If you're spending less time shipping, if you're spending less time you know, packing and and sourcing, maybe you, you, whatever the situation is, use that time, learn a new niche. Yeah. And, and also, you know, platforms, right. Um, again, a lot of people are like, Oh, I really want to learn Amazon. And I would say Q4 is probably not the best time. I would encourage you in the summer, like open up the Amazon account. Uh, you know, if you want to start a retail arbitrage, try it out a little bit. Uh, this is the time to do it because when things are moving, you don't want to have to learn how to pack something and send it into FBA. You don't want to learn how to do something merchant fulfilled. If you want to cross post to Poshmark and Mercari, like right now is the time because when, when Q4 is happening, you want to be flying. You want to have everything go smooth. You understand what you're doing. You know, you, it's not the time to learn. It's the time to source and sell and repeat source and sell and repeat. And so that leads to our last point here is that, you know, even though things are slow, keep sourcing and listening for Q4. You want to have your eBay store built up. You want to have as many items as possible there. Uh, you want to make sure that, you know, if you had any death piles, those are taken care of. Because is it ever a time to sell stuff? It's during Q4, right? I, I'm always a big believer that if something doesn't sell during Q4, maybe it's time to take a look at your prices, take a look at your listing, see what's going on. Because that's when most people are looking for goods they're buying. And I know there are some things that are just waiting for the right buyer. But Q4, I would say that is the time to pretty much accept every offer, move every item you can. But you can't do that if those items aren't listed and they're not on your eBay store uh, ready to go. So there's plenty to do in the summer. You know, you can go from (laughs) working on your mindset, uh, making sure to understand, hey, you can still make it happen because plenty of people do. Keep doing what you're doing, but you may have to do a little bit more. You might have to source more. You may have to list more, run more sales, run more coupons. Uh, but you have to make sure that you're not slowing down, making sure that your business is, is moving on. And therefore, you're going to be in a great place when it comes to Q4. You're going to have that capital stacked. You're going to have that shipping down. You're going to know new, new niches. You're going to be able to okay, ship quickly. And then Q4 is going to be very profitable. And maybe you'll have a very profitable summer 
And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Late. Peace.